0: Five, four, three, two, one. Dexter Stucky presents Industry Friends. Friends. In full transparency, Melvin and I recorded this interview in January of 2020. And I've been reluctant to put it out because the coronavirus stuff is happening. And I'm just like, I don't have a lot of Industry Friends episodes to put out. But currently, right now as I'm recording this, Melvin is DJing live on Facebook Live. And I'm just like, you know what? Like He's doing something to make people feel good, to make people forget about the problems that's happening. And I want to do the same. So ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this interview with Melvin Robinson, also known as DJ Maybach. Welcome to another edition of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stuckey. Super excited to be here today. I feel like I've been trying to get this interview for quite some time now. It's like what what is it's been like at least six months that we've been trying to lock down time and today we finally locked down this time. I'm here with insurance agent slash broker, um, Melvin Robinson. There's Hello. so many other titles that you have too. Like you're a DJ, you um you work for Man Man K for Hair, which we're gonna get into a little bit more, but like your main thing right now is Selling insurance, correct? Insurance and DJing, yep, that's Okay. correct. Now, I start off every show with a personal story. The personal story I have from Melvin is not the fact that we went to college together, not the fact that we've been trying to get this interview done for months, but the fact that... So, Melvin lives in Delaware. I'm in Philadelphia, so we don't see each other that often. And a couple months ago, it was like last year, I was on the Q show. I walked out on stage. I was modeling like a, a male hair unit. So, you guys know that... Had some issues with uh, my hair thinning, so I did something about it, and I got with this company, Man K for Hair. The very first person I saw when I walked out there was Melvin, because he's like a familiar face I recognize, and I'm like, oh, like what is he doing here? It was so, it's weird. Uh, fast forward to maybe a couple hours later, we start talking, and you now you actually work for the company.
1: Yes, I do. I help out uh, Brooke with her sales, like some marketing, some like business strategies. Mm-hmm. Pretty much just helping grow the brand and just grow the image and. Letting men know that it's okay to change your appearance if
0: you need to. No lie, guys. Melvin actually and I'll post a picture of him too. Like he actually wears a unit as well. But since I've known you, like you've been bald. I don't think I knew in college you were bald in college, right? I was balding. I started balding probably around
1: the age of nineteen, twenty. Yeah. So uh between twenty ten and now, I've went between the bald and hair yeah. about four different times.
0: Well I I know the feeling. So, yeah, like, from my memory, like, it's like he's always, like, you know, like, had the ball the cut and everything like that. And then I remember, like, recently you actually started doing, like, the units yourself. Of course. And then, like, and when I mean, like, doing the units, I mean, like, he would go swimming in them. Like, he would post. He was, like, very vocal about it and open about it. And I think, like, that gives so many other people, like, confidence to do that as well.
1: Yeah, that was my goal with it. It was, I saw, like, an opportunity there, to be able to reach the community in a different way. Like mm-hmm. for me to be able to go out and speak to people and show them, be yourself, like whatever you need to do, if it's changes something, like if you want to work out, work out. If you want to change your hairstyle, change your hairstyle. That was my opportunity. Yeah. And plus it was also for me, to think, because for the past four years I was just bald, and I always wonder what would I look like with hair. Again? Yeah, yeah. So I saw an opportunity. And I said, "Hey, let's do it." <laughs> it's
0: crazy too, because when you wear, I mean, they look so like lifelike, it's so real. And then also like when you put it on, it's like oh, the there's texture, not much of
1: a difference, and it just it just looks normal. The texture is absolutely amazing when it comes to it. If um if I had friends or family, they would touch the top of my head to my actual hair that was in the back, yeah, yeah. and they couldn't tell the difference, yeah, because like the barbers do such a great job with blending it in and having it with that same texture. That unless if you were as open as I am, telling people mm-hmm. they have no
0: idea. Yep, and that's that's what I like though that you were open about it. I mean, I guess uh, we can't really hide it because like if you were bald yesterday and today you have yeah, like a full head actually, of hair, I guess you'd you can actually
1: can't be surprised. It took a, like a lot of people just thought I just grew my hair back, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, you should actually like check this out. <laughs> and I would show them like, yeah. hey, look, I'm jumping in the pool. I'm
0: the pool thing I thought was crazy. Yeah, because when I had it, like I was like, I can't get in there. water. I was like, how how girls are. And I was like, oh no <laughs> no, I can't get any water in there. Like. That's cool. The
1: craziest thing about it is when you're swimming, you don't feel it. So when you're under the water, you would um, normally feel the actual water hitting your head. But mm-hmm. when you have the unit on, you don't feel it at all. So it's very, very interesting when you're swimming through water. It's like, is it, is it still on? Did it come off? Yep. You have no idea. But it's it's secure. It's good to go.
0: And then just moving on from that just a little bit, uh before we started the show, you said something. Because I'm like, do I call you Melvin Robinson or do I call you DJ Maybach? Like, what do I call you? (laughs) And then you're like, oh, it's Melvin Robinson Jr., but you can say Melvin Robinson. Can you explain, like, the conversation that we had when you said you named yourself?
1: Yeah, so I am actually the oldest of four siblings. Mm -hmm. And the family that I come from, when my mom was pregnant, they don't want to know if it's a boy or a girl until the baby is actually born. So my younger sister was born, and then my sister after her we didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And at this time, I was uh, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So my family said, if it's a boy, we're going to name him Melvin Robinson Jr. If it's a girl, we're going to name her uh, like Michaela. Okay. And I said, no, I'm the oldest son. I want to be just like you, Dad. Let's go and let's figure out, like, I want to be Mel Robinson Jr. Like, somebody that's born after uh, me yeah, yeah, yeah. shouldn't be the junior. Like, it should be me. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to be just like you. <laughs> so we went to the court, made the change. And when my sister was born, well, of course, then we find out it's a girl and she got Michaela. So, So they didn't even have to do that. No, they actually didn't <laughs> need to, but the thing that was crazy is that after her came my little brother, so right. he would so have been the one that it. got it, yeah.
0: What was your name before? Steven. Steven. Wait, so until 11 years old, your name was like Steven Robinson? Uh, my name was Steven Melvin Dewar when I was
1: born okay. because uh I didn't take my father's last name. And then uh, when my parents got married, I became Steven Melvin Robinson. Okay. And then at 11, I became Melvin Robinson Jr. That's actually kind of cool. It's very interesting. It's different, so, yeah. yeah. So some family members... They still call me Steven because they just don't want to <laughs> kind of change it It's weird it up. because
0: I don't see Steven. Like, I feel like your name has to be Melvin.
1: Like, that's what, yeah, I, that, like, that's, that's what, what I know you, you is. Yeah. It's so, yeah, so many family members still see me. and They go, Steve. Oh, no, Melvin. So, like, <laughs>
0: it's, a, it's an interesting thing for sure. And then as far as the DJ, and how did you get into that?
1: Yeah, so um, freshman year, of course, at Lincoln University, I just loved the music. So I was always going through. I was always the person playing music ridiculously loud for no reason. I had these huge speakers in my room that were your classic 1980s slash 1990s speakers mm-hmm. from like one of my family members that he didn't use them anymore. And I was always getting in trouble, you know, the RA coming around. And then my sophomore year, I had joined Alpha Phi Alpha. And it just happened to be that all the brothers on the campus for the past four years before I got there were the campus DJs. Right. So when I crossed, they came in. They said... Somebody's got to pick this up. The uh, bros are getting ready to graduate the other DJs now. So somebody's got to do it. And I was already starting to learn some things here and there. So I just took the opportunity. You stepped up. Yeah, but I I stepped up in like a different kind of light, though. Like, I went back home and um, I found the local radio DJs. That was DJ Big Ant, DJ Shorty T, the guys that were just like killing all the homecoming parties, like DJ Gifted Hands. And I got in really close with them and I learned the business, the ins and outs, you know, the contract side and everything from there. And I just took it as, like, this is my chance to really make a name for myself in college. Mm-hmm. And I just practiced and just grew it from there. And 10 years later, I'm still DJing still, three to four times a week.
0: That was one of the things that I saw, like, that I was, like, because, you know, like, a lot of people do different things in college. Like, yeah. people, like, find something they want to do, they do it in college, and they master it in college, and they make their name. Like, for me, like, you know, I I knew you were in you were in Alpha, and I knew you were a DJ. Like, that was, like, your, your reputation. That was, that's who you were. Yeah. So to see you years after college still doing DJ. And that, I think that says a lot about your commitment to, like, the craft. And then it also says a lot about, like, the fact that you found something, you mastered it, and you kept it going.
1: Yeah, so I've always had a, a, um entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to school to study business management, minored in entrepreneurship, so I knew that there had to be something out there in regards to business and entrepreneurship that I could really jump on. And college just gave me that opportunity by the aspect of like DJing because I was there I was learning the contracts I was working with the school yeah you know so I was seeing all like the behind the scenes and then when the uh big DJs came in I got to see you know them being downstairs and like the little like hidden room and getting like the special treatment I was like oh this is beautiful <laughs> I want to see what I can end up doing with this like long term but it was just like for me I didn't want to go the route of finding a artist and being like their DJ so it just kind of changed it up from there
0: and like as far as like when you keep it going like what are you doing now as far as being a dj
1: so now weddings uh baby showers mm-hmm. you'd be surprised people call for baby showers because they want a dj yeah bars corporate events it doesn't matter pretty much anything that you elma you want music
0: at i'm there then I saw recently that you DJ your family parties. Yeah, of course. Do, do they pay you for it?
1: Yeah, sometimes. Oh, okay. Some people still owe me a couple dollars. I just but... assume, because when it comes to
0: family, like, anytime that I do something, it's always like, you know this is, like, on the house. Like, it's like, they just don't think they're supposed to pay for anything.
1: Yeah, that's the uh, hardest thing. But, I, I mean, I enjoy it because at the family events, like, there are the times when I can really try things that I normally wouldn't out. try. Yeah. yeah, like, like you'll hear me mix things that I wouldn't mix somewhere else just to see what kind of response I'm going to get, because I'm like... You're paying me a quarter of what, yeah, yeah. or it's free. Rate. So it's like yeah. you're gonna hear when I'm what trying to do stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna try it here. So
0: that's a really good point too. Like, so one of the main reasons why I do this show is to help other people that like maybe like they want to do something or whatever, but like they don't know how to get into it or they don't know like what methods to take. And I think there's two things that you said about being a DJ that I think would really resonate and help other people out. One, you picked it up in college because it was an interest of yours, yeah. and then two like using those family parties or those free events to test out your material, which I think it would.
1: See, I think starting in college was probably the greatest opportunity because there's so many people from all over the country and all over the world that are there. So what I see now is so many DJs get into it, and they know one style of music. But when you go back home, that's not how it is. And if you really want to make money in the industry, you have to learn every single style. You have to learn from all different parts of the country, everywhere. So by being in college, it forced me to learn the stuff from the Caribbean, it forced me to learn Jersey club music and Philly club and like Baltimore club, and then the hip hop. Like I-, I had to learn it, yeah.
0: or else y'all would have got rid of me. <laughs> that's really interesting that you said that too, because like, like, and you you lived in Delaware, so like, as far as listening to like a DJ in New York, that probably wouldn't be something that you would do or no. Need to it's do, completely
1: so. different styles, and that's the one thing that a lot of people don't pick up on is. Um, you may take your radio DJs from Philly, Baltimore, DC, New York. They all have a different style. Mm-hmm. And even in almost on Delaware, we have a lot of different styles too. So you you have to be able to incorporate those and really be able to touch home with those people. So the thing that I found that benefited um for me the most was hiring like a third party MC mm-hmm. or training someone to be the MC. So I can really focus on like the DJ side and then have somebody come in from the MC side that they can just keep the crowd involvement going. And really capitalize because I know from North Jersey and like New York, they're used to that. Right, right. So in Philly and on like Delaware, it's not as big where somebody's every song talking, talking yeah. dropping a track. It just like didn't happen that way. So I would just bring somebody in and just let them do it, and I can just focus cool. on the music, and it just worked.
0: I liked it. And then final DJ question because I'm really interested in getting to this insurance stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you come up with the the name DJ Maybach?
1: So that was actually my line name for the fraternity. Okay. So when I crossed Fall 08, uh, they actually named me Maybach. And it was actually a uh, perfect timing because that's when Maybach music was really mm-hmm. blowing up. So it just really fit. So every place that I went, it kind of got me in some doors because people weren't sure. as like, he affiliated? Is he affiliated, yeah, or, is he affiliated yeah. or not? So I just always made sure that I just didn't bring it up. Like if they didn't ask the question, I was just like, hey, <laughs> I'm in the door now. I'm that's just here cool. to rock the event.
0: I liked it. Now, as far as being an insurance agent slash broker, yeah. is there a difference with title wise? Like, cause so, I know some people say broker, some people say insurance. Is it the same thing, or is it like? So,
1: your broker is usually generally somebody that uh, they outsource the business to multiple different avenues or like uh, on like companies. So your <laughs> agent usually like one company, like a State Farm agent writes for State Farm. Okay. Um. So for me, like I'm a broker. I wrote for, I write for numerous different companies. So like one customer comes to me, you pretty much stay my customer because let's say if you don't like the price with company A, I have 15 other companies that I can check their pricing and see if it's going to be like the best for you.
0: Now, are you doing like life insurance or like?
1: Yeah, so I do life, auto, home, and small commercial.
0: Okay. I saw something a couple weeks, well, maybe like a year. It was last year, obviously. I saw something that you posted, and it was like it was like a story. And then the way the story was posted, you said like, you were talking about like money or something like that. And then you related at the end to like, you know, I'm an insurance agent, if you want to get a quote, like, like talk to me. And I to me, that, like, blew my mind because it was so relatable because you were talking about something simple and regular. I hate that I can't remember it. But it was something regular that we all, like, deal with or go through, and then you related it to the business. And then you realize a lot of people our age and our age group, they they don't have insurance. Yeah.
1: So one of the things that I had noticed and what had actually brought me into the industry was, if you look back probably about 20, 25 years ago, or even if you go and speak to anyone that's 40 and up, They used to have insurance agents that came around to your job. Mm -hmm. So your agent would show up once a quarter, once like every half a year, and they would go over like your policies with you to make sure that you were protecting everything that mattered most in the way that you want to. And then when the technology boom came, everybody pretty much went away. It was pretty much just like a go online, get a quote, call in that way. And I would see too many friends that would either get into a car accident or they would have an apartment fire or things like that, and they wouldn't have been protected correctly. So instead of trying to figure it all out and just calling somebody, I said, hey, maybe if I learn this and take that responsibility and put it on my shoulders, I can be the guy that everybody comes to. Mm -hmm. So if you have any questions in regards to your auto, I have the answers. The home, I have the answers. The life insurance, I have the answers. Because nobody had that one person to go to, and I said, "Hey, let, I want like, yeah, to So basically, take it.
0: it's the same thing with DJ. Correct. Like you found that that void, and you're like, "I'm going to fill it." Exactly. Yeah. It's needed. In undergrad, what was your uh, degree in? Uh, business management. Okay, so this is basically yes. Yeah, it, yeah. it makes sense. Like it. it Big time. No, is this what you wanted to do? Like, did you think that you would be doing no, something? I
1: don't think I've ever met an insurance agent that said that they knew when they were going to like be an insurance yeah. agent. But uh, one of the things I can say in regards to a business avenue, for those of you that are looking to get in the business, insurance is one of the things that you should really look into because mm-hmm. especially if you love sales, if you love talking to people, it's one of the only industries that pays you ever know every year. So what um, what I mean by that is if you're really looking to set up your money long term, this is one of the opportunities because if you keep that customer for life, you get paid from that customer for life. Okay. So every single year you constantly get paid. So you just keep growing your book of business and you constantly get paid off of that, which is huge. Yeah, like most sales jobs, you sell something once it's done, and it's done. But as long as I take care of you, I get paid year after year after year.
0: Which makes sense because if you sell somebody, let's say life insurance, yeah. and then that person has a car and they come to you with their car Correct. and they have kids and then like the kids need cars or they buy a home then they have like renter's so insurance. So that's
1: though. what I started to notice. I started to notice what is going to be the most beneficial for me and my family long term. Now, I can get into something to where I get paid good right now or I can get into something to where I hustle as hard as I possibly can Mm -hmm. for 15, 20 years, build this book of business, and then I can pretty much just sit back and just train somebody else how to do it and just let them have that same hustle and let them grow it. And then if I want to retire, great. If I don't, I got other people running the business and I'm just still making money.
0: Now, when you first decide, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to be into insurance and I'm going to fill this void that I see is missing – what was that process like, like getting into it and like learning the business?
1: Yeah, so I actually started out with life insurance. Uh, that was the first thing that really caught my attention. It was after I had my first daughter. I actually sat down with the life insurance agent. I was out playing golf, um, just was trying something different in life because I played baseball my whole life. Uh-huh. And it was, I need something to do. Yeah. Um, so I was on the golf course, met a guy. He's like, hey, I do insurance. Like, I want to sit down and talk to you about how to protect you and your daughter in case if anything were to happen. Like,
0: like you didn't know him at all?
1: Um, My, my father knew him. Okay. But I didn't... But I didn't know him. Yeah, I was just kind of like, yeah, well, all right, whatever. Let's just talk. Let's just see like what this is about. And he started to explain some things to me that really made sense. And uh, I and I just love to read, so mm-hmm. I really dove into it. I said, okay, there there has to be more into this. So once I started to read and I started to see, there's so many different things that you can do with either with your insurance um, policies for life insurance, like in the future to avoid taxes, or it's like uh, something that's that you need right now. There's so many different avenues that you can go down. And I said, okay, let me just keep learning more and more and more. And that's just what I did.
0: And when you say there's a lot to read, is there are there like specific books you recommend, or is it just like
1: just... not necessarily um, life insurance? There's a test, so you have to take a, a test for your life insurance, for property and casualty, which is home and auto. Mm-hmm. You have to take a test for each one, and they pretty much give you the study material. Um, it's not a hard, it's not anything that's like too hard to study for. Uh, I think it's about a hundred bucks per test, which, when you think about it, that's not bad. No, you spend a hundred dollars you get licensed and then you go find a company to go work for it to where you, you can pretty much pay that back super quick. Or you find a company that'll pay for it for you. And is that like,
0: is that common? Like where companies will do it for you?
1: It depends on how big of a company and uh, what they're looking to pretty much get out of you. Um, and like what I mean by that is, for the bigger companies, they want somebody that's gonna come in with their license already, mm-hmm. because then you have some kind of understanding. Like they, see that, they see that like you're bought into the industry and that you're not just gonna come in and work here for six months and then leave.
0: Um, which is really common in sales positions. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: sales, like the turnover rates are always very, very high in yeah. sales. But you got to think about it. With, with insurance, is different. And it's also because if you take the time to learn this information, not only are you protecting yourself correctly, you're going to help your family out and your friends, which is going to set everybody up for the future.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense, actually. And now, as far as like, so say you're like a firefighter or something like that. Like you go through the process of learning everything. Same with insurance, like you're learning everything, you take the test, like you're there now. But even with that, there are certain things that you still don't know. Like, like I always look at it like you can study all you want or whatever, but you don't really realize how serious something is or hard or easy it is or whatever until you actually start to do it. So once you finish like the testing and everything, you were certified, you were like on the floor now. How did, how was that process?
1: So that process for me, um, I actually jumped right in and I was I was very picky in regards to the companies that I chose to work for. So the one that I ended up picking, this happened to be a company that, inside of our office, there is tenured agents that have been with the company for 30, 30 or 40 years, and there's also brand new people. So for me, I said, that'll be the best avenue, so I'm not making too many errors. If okay. i want to phone with a customer, and I have a question, I can easily put them on hold, and go talk to somebody that's been in the business for 30 years, yeah. get the correct answer, and I then come back. Some people, you may wanna just jump in and do it all by yourself. you are gonna have a big learning curve, and in this industry, I don't recommend it, Especially because when it comes to somebody's insurance products, you don't want to mess that up. Like if, if if a person gets into a car accident and you had them set up wrong, that's on you. Or yeah. if you sold them life insurance and you sold them the wrong policy, now that's on you as well. So where you could have done so much more, but because you decided to do it on your own instead of actually getting in and learning from people that are, that are more tenured, you, uh, you can have some big errors there.
0: Now, if if a person came to you and they were like, look, I really want to get into this. Like I'm almost, I am almost almost want to know like what the guy said to you. Like when you when he was talking to you. So if somebody came to you and they're like, Melvin, I'm really interested in insurance. Like I see you talk about it on Facebook and everything like that. Like, help me get into this. Like what would you say?
1: Yeah, I would ask them to come and shadow me for the day. Uh, for me, the difference was I'm all about leaving a legacy for my family. Mm-hmm. So being the oldest of four siblings, I take that responsibility very, very high. Everything that I do, I want to make sure that my siblings coming up behind me can't say, oh, well, Alna Melvin didn't do this. so I don't have to do it. So every last thing, whether it's college, sports, like work, I want them to look at me and not have me as an excuse. Okay. So with that, and I saw, th- I saw this one opportunity, I said, okay. Um, this is a place that my family doesn't know too much about You mm-hmm. know, like the average person is not growing up talking to their mom and dad about how to set up a car insurance policy when you're 16 years old. Yeah. That's going to have you paying cheaper insurance in the future. So I said, OK, like, let me learn it. And then now I go out to the high schools and I, and I teach it. So for somebody coming in, I, I would definitely recommend just like reach out to me. Come and shout at me for a day. You can see what I do. You can even see if I have like, an opportunity where I'm speaking to a group, whether it's a nonprofit or to a corporate company, whatever it is, you can come in and Watch me pretty much just help educate.
0: Now, when you say, like, speak, are you teaching them, like, like what exactly are you, like, showing them? Like, when you yeah. go to, like, the... So, the, like, the tricks to the trade. Okay. So,
1: like, for an example, um, when you have your car insurance, the average person thinks, when I call my car insurance, I just want to get the cheapest price possible. But what they don't realize is every car insurance company has different buckets for, like, your liability insurance. Okay. Now, what your liability is, if you were to hit somebody, that's the amount that the insurance company pays to cover those damages, whether that is the person's bodily injury, let's say they have to go to, like, to the hospital, mm-hmm. you have a liability for that. You have a liability number for how much it costs to fix their car or their fence, like whatever you hit. Now, if you're in the state minimum bucket, like I want you to picture this as a bucket. You, okay. have, a, you have a bucket all the way to the left, that's the state minimums. You have a bucket in the middle, which is semi-decent coverage. And you have a bucket all the way to the right which is the highest limits that are out there that a company will offer. Okay. If you have the state minimums and you're shopping around car insurance companies, car insurance companies do not like that person because you're considered high risk. Right. So your price is not going to be the cheapest price just because you have those low limits. The person with the highest limits normally is paying less than you are because they've had higher limits. They're usually a lower risk. Gotcha. Even though from an insurance standpoint, if that person got into an accident, they would pay more. Insurance runs everything off of numbers they say okay the person in the state minimums usually gets an accident. the person at the state maximums don't okay so the person with the state maximum is going to get a cheaper price
0: and that's that's because is that for driving purposes would that mean they're like a better driver or is it like that's
1: what they say um in insurance they 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 track everything it's very very much numbers oriented they look at married single if you own a home if you rent. They look at all those different factors, and they put you into different categories. Mm -hmm. So the average person doesn't realize how to get themselves into a different category. Um, Insurance has an insurance score the same way you have a credit score. So you have to figure out all the loopholes to boost your insurance score so when you go to shop around, you look more attractive to these insurance companies. So even doing something as small as if you're in the state minimums right now, Mm -hmm. if it's inside of your budget to go up one level, let's say – uh, cause like, um, for Delaware, you, you have like a state minimum of 25, 50, 10, okay. which means 25 per person, 50 per accident, 10 per, um, like whatever you hit. If you go up one level, the 50, 100, 50, you're more attractive to the insurance company that you're searching for. Change your insurance numbers for a little bit, three to six months. Yes, you're going to pay like a little bit higher, but then when you go to search, you're not in that state minimum bucket anymore. So you'd be surprised how much lower your price is going to go. Um, had my little sister do this with me just to kind of show like for an example when she first came in i set her up with the best coverage possible mm-hmm. so when we went to go shop companies uh, a year later she went from paying i think it was 110 or 120 a month to paying 80 dollars a month gotcha for the highest coverage of everything possible so and, it, and, and that's and like pretty she... much no deductibles so mm-hmm. like she into a, into a accident she can cause the most damage out there and not pay a single dime because of the way that everything was like insurance is
0: set, set up yeah wow
1: it's it's crazy what you can do with insurance. It's right?
0: funny because when you said tricks are the trade, I'm like, okay, let me see if, if this is something that I can apply. Because nine times out of ten when I'm having conversations with people, like they'll say something and I'm like, probably doesn't apply to me, but let, let me just listen anyway. But then when you said that, it's like, wait, what, what bucket am I in? Like now I'm like, oh, I, I have to go figure that out. I have to go figure out which bucket I'm in and then just see like – because at some point or another, you're going to want to like maybe – See what else is out there yeah. for for money saving purposes of anything. Yeah, every, and every three years
1: shop your shop your insurance for sure at a minimum every three years. You don't want to shop every six months because once again you have that insurance score. Yeah, if they see that like you're bouncing around, that, that's going to lower your score. It's very similar to your credit score to where if you're constantly having your on own, like credit ran, mm-hmm. they're going to say this person trying to do too much right now. So you're going to have a score that is much lower. Yeah. If you wait three years, if, if you find a company to where that price is great. And you wait three years, then then shop. Just like there's you don't have to be loyal to that insurance company. That's the biggest mistake that a lot of people think. They think I have to be loyal to my insurance Me. company.
0: Yeah. That's I'm people. Because you know what's crazy? Like I have um progressive insurance right now, and I've had it since like 2011 or something like that, 10, 11. And like they give me this thing, they're like, Oh, you're a Diamond Rewards member. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, that's that's amazing. Like, but listening to you now, I'm like, I don't even know what that means.
1: Exactly. So let me ask you this. You got you gotta think about this from a business standpoint. You may be a diamond member now, but go ahead and get in two or three car accidents and see if they don't try to drop like you. Like what does
0: that make you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it, like if they would drop you that fast, why are you so loyal to them? Yeah. Go out, raise your limits up a little bit, get this become this great attractive customer. And then just bounce around mm-hmm. because then, when anything goes wrong, you would because then you can really see how the different companies work. You can see did they ever reach out to me after this happened? Or if I had a claim, were they actually there and like good for me? Yeah. But if you're only loyal to one company, this is times have changed so much. Maybe 15, 20 years ago, they were offering great discounts mm-hmm. because you were with them for so long. Now, the discounts have changed so, so much that if you're with them for three or four years, you're going to get the same discount as somebody's been there 20 years.
0: My mind is, like, really blown right now because, my, um, like, me and my fiancé, we're not on the same insurance policy with each other yet. And actually, Why? I don't. Well, we just got engaged. So, like, <laughs> the, I, I didn't, you know, get <laughs> thank you. But um, but hers is le- way less attractive. She pays way more money than I do. Yeah. So I don't even think I really want her to be on my insurance. I don't know. I have to think about that. <laughs> but it's crazy because we would sit up and have these conversations about insurance and stuff. And I'm, she's always like, yeah, mine is so much higher. Then they talk about, like, where she lives and all these other kind of stuff like that. And it's it's interesting to me because, like, talking to you now, I think that when we're looking at that, instead of calling them and just asking questions like, oh, why is this so much higher, whatever, thinking as the average person that that's the best option that you have, we really should have called around and checked other places and stuff.
1: Yeah, that and, like, that was one of the other reasons to why I chose the company that I'm with so I can be a broker. So when somebody comes to me, I can check those other places for you. Like, you don't have to do that work. You just call me and say, hey, I hate this price or I don't like this, and I can do all the shopping for you. Like that's my job to where it's 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 so important for people, especially when it comes to insurance, to have a person that you actually speak to versus calling just like a one eight hundred number. I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because so think about it like this. You work hard every single day for everything that you have. If you call a on a one hundred number, yes, they're gonna try to do the the best that they can, but we all know usually people that are in call centers are usually just trying to get as many policies sold. There's a script. They're just trying to get stuff like on the books, they're just trying to get whatever they can done. So they're not going to take usually that extra second to really find out every possible thing that you have going on mm-hmm. to make sure that your policy is set up the way that you want it to.
0: One of my questions I was going to say is, like, how do you compete with it? And I guess I know now. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh,
1: well, because <laughs>
0: usually for me, like I, like I have progressive insurance, so I would just call them. You know what I mean? Like even when like I first got my card and everything, they were like, well, what are you going to do about insurance? And then I had to figure that out. And like I just was like, oh, I'll just call progressive. And they were like, okay. Then yeah. you just do it, and that's like the end of it. So,
1: so one of the ways that I compete is I actually go around to numerous different loan officers, realtors, businesses, car dealerships, and I set up partnerships with them. So, when you go in to buy a car and you go, Oh, I don't know what to do now, instead of them just saying, Well, call like your car insurance, they say, Hey, call Melvin. So, even if you have somebody else, oh, they'll okay. say, Hey, call Melvin, see if he can shop your price, and if he can find you something better, fantastic. And that's how
0: i can no lie it's funny that you said call melvin it's because when this happens again with my fiance and she talks about like oh the insurance is crazy i'm like just call melvin exactly (laughs) Yeah.
2: then
1: also like i would recommend if you guys like just like sit down look at the pricing like just even if you have to call call them and see how much it'll be of a difference to have you guys on the same policy Mm -hmm. because you guys may be paying a lot more on two separate policies versus what you would even if she has a terrible driving record
0: well it's not bad. It's just she <laughs> I don't have any accidents. She has an accident on hers and like her insurance is a little bit higher like than mine is. Yeah. So Yes
1: yeah, so, I mean, there, there's just so many different things that go into it that you can't always look at that. It it could also be that she hasn't shopped her coverage in a very long time. Which so she you. could be overpaying because she's never changed companies. So you'd be surprised if you just call and say, Hey, can you guys give me a I'm like re rate on my current price? They'll go in and they'll check your pricing. And insurance companies they want new customers, so usually a new customer is more attractive. Is going to have a better price point than somebody that's been there for a while. Mm -hmm. That's just how like they work. It's a business. It is what it is. But if you call around, shop, or just contact me, I'll get it done for you.
0: And you said re-rate. Is that like an industry term that you guys use? Yeah, it's
1: it's called a re-rating. It's um. But, like, those are one of the things that if you say something like that, like, on the phone, the person is going to usually, like, perk up and be yeah. like, oh, this person may know what they're talking about. So they're going to kind of dive That's a, in like a little, soon little As soon as you said
0: it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, like, it clicked to me. I'm like, is that something that you should, like, know?" And I'm like, okay. Yeah, just say re-rate. Hey, can you guys re-rate
1: my policy? And they'll go, yeah, okay. Because so insurance companies, they're so numbers driven. They're always constantly going in and saying, okay, what's, what can we do for our customers to lower the price and make us more attractive? So they're always running different reports. So they come out with different rating systems all the time. So they may have introduced a brand-new rating system last month, and they're not going to call every single customer and say, mm-hmm. hey, we have a brand-new rating system. Do you want to see if I can get your price cheaper? No, they're going to it would be you. a little unnecessary to exactly. do that. Yeah. So they're going to wait for you to call in, and then when you call in, they'll just re-rate it they'll for you. For go, hey, look, you just saved $300 by calling in.
0: So is that like what people say? Like remember the Geico commercials back in the day when they would be like, yeah. I just <laughs> saved all this money by switching to Geico? So sometimes. Okay.
1: Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes what happens with that as well is, and yeah, and this is why you have to be very careful in regards to just calling and trying to get the cheapest price out there. Because what happens is you could have great coverage, you could have the proper coverage for the situation that you have. Mm-hmm. You could call in the person on the phone here is, hey, I want to, hit, I want you to just find me the cheapest policy possible, and they make all of your great coverage the minimal
0: coverage now. So you're in their first bucket again.
1: Exactly. So you just saved all this money, yes, but you're in the worst
0: bucket now. So you get into an accident or something like yeah, that, like you are screwed. you big time.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you can look at any situation. So I'm like, for an example, you got to take the number, so for, for Delaware, that twenty fifty ten, that last number stands for $10,000 in, in property damage. Now, what that means is, if you hit somebody's car, you only have $10,000 to cover that car.
0: And then the rest of you are on your own. Yes. So if they have to get a brand new car.
1: Yeah, or... Right now, I, I like I like to use a 2020 Chevy Malibu, which isn't a crazy luxury car, and it's not like a low-end car. It's about a $22,000 car. Right. So if you hit the bumper, smash it in, the bumper, the trunk, other things that you got to fix, you're going to hit $10,000 really quick. Easily, yep. And where do you think they're going to come after, after that? They're going to come after you.
0: And then you're responsible, like out of pocket.
1: Yeah. And that's the whole thing. And like you see all those commercials, been in an accident. They're gonna they're gonna go after your future money. Yeah. I, I speak to so many customers and they say, "Well, I don't have anything right now," and it's like, "Yeah, today you may not, yeah, yeah. but let's say you get a promotion or let's say anything good happens where you have some money, you still owe this money. That's crazy. So they're gonna come back and get it. Um, I mean, we went to Lincoln together. You know, there was that terrible accident that happened all those years ago, mm-hmm. and Phil's Phil's like Phil's Phil's my brother. You know, like I speak to him on a regular basis. The amount that he owes. Is ridiculous. Wow. So it doesn't matter what goes on. He's going to have to still pay those fees back. So like when he starts making more money, he still has to pay. And is that property damage? Property like damage. There's so many different other things okay. that, are, that are involved in it. But one of the things is you can set up your insurance policy to help cover all those things. Got it. Okay. So, to like, no, so no matter what happened, if somebody's in the hospital for an extended time, your policy can be set up that all that stuff is pretty much paid for. And that is a complete game changer, one for you for stress, because if you 're thinking about it, you get into a car accident you you don't have to have to think about this for like the rest of your life yeah. but
0: unfortunately if you don 't know like exactly that's what did. happened wow yeah. um it's it's interesting that you said that because I was really curious about because like, when you mentioned the hex and like or whatever like one of the things that i 've noticed um is that like when people past or like when it's like when they're younger specifically and they pass away and it's like it's unexpected there doesn't always seem to be any type of like preparation for as far as like a life insurance policy and and life insurance is the good stuff it's even with people who are older too but i've noticed that a lot that people are like trying to find other ways to pay for like funerals and stuff which i know that if you have a life insurance policy like you can have that built into it it'll take care of that for you how do you educate people on that So,
1: with that, it's more of a just asking as many questions to really understand what this person's concern is for the future. So, some people out there, um, if they were to pass, you know, you got the people that are just kind of like, I don't care what my family does. You know, that's on them to figure it out. Mm
2: Then
1: you have other people that are very, very much concerned and, you know, they want to know the exact burial place. They want to, like, they know their coffin. They know exactly every single price point to what they want done. And I really just sit down and try to figure out those things. But there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of times out there to where people don't realize you can purchase life insurance on someone once they're 15 days old. Mm-hmm. And this is a time in your life when you're in the best health. Most people are thinking, I'm not trying to purchase life insurance on a kid. Like, why would I do that? Because everybody's thinking, okay, I got, I'm going to die when I'm 80, 90 years old. That's fantastic. But you can also purchase this policy so that it's paid off in 10 years, mm-hmm. 20 years, 30 years to where this kid never has to pay for this policy again. And it's the cheapest that the policy is ever going to be, and
0: and that's okay, right? To do that, yes. The reason I asked that is because, <laughs> so this is one of those things that like I'm really focused on in 2020 is like to have conversations with people and say things that I've kind of been like embarrassed about or scared to talk about or whatever. And life insurance is one of those things because, so my parents when they were younger they had a baby and the baby passed away like early, yeah. and after that, like with the rest of us, they put like life insurance policies on all of us. So like throughout life. I've always known that I had life insurance because, like, my parents would tell me, like, this is what you have and all this stuff. Of course. But then when I got older, like, I realized, like, I don't have my own, like, life insurance policy. And I always thought it was, like, a bad thing for me. Like, oh, I don't have it. I don't know anything about that. But I know that they have it. Yeah. Like, I know they have it on me. So, like, I always thought, like, oh, I'm okay. Like, I'm, I'm cool because I have that. But, like, on my own, like, I've never, like, did anything with it.
1: So every situation is different. Um, one of the reasons that I'm a huge believer in purchasing life insurance on a child is for those reasons that if, God forbid, your child does pass away, um, two things can happen. One, you can pay for the funeral without having to worry about it. But the second one is the big one. You don't know where you're going to be mentally during this time. Mm -hmm. You may need to take off work. Most jobs only give you five days off when you have somebody pass, which is ridiculous. Like Who are you to tell me five days is enough for me to come back and 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 then be back here working? If you have life insurance, you can take that time. Because you're not worrying about paying the bills because you have that money sitting there. Like this money is untaxed. Right. Those people don't get if you have a policy that's good for twenty five thousand, fifty thousand, that's a check that comes to you untaxed. You're not paying the government back, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. It's a check with your name on it to do whatever you want to do with it. Nobody's questioning it. So if you want to take a vacation, you can do it. And it's and even as far as how much money you spend, it's so minimal compared to how much the policy is worth when it's on a child. Right. Now, for an example, um, I just set up one for a friend. Just to give you a breakdown. Um, the amount of money that this person would have paid into this policy versus what it pays out, even if they have it paid off in 20 years, which is the option that, like they had to take on um, my um, chose, there's so many different options to like go along with. Mm-hmm. Everybody's situation is different. But in the 20 years when this is paid off, the amount that the policy is good for is 10 times the amount that they would have paid into it. Okay. So you can try to save money to the side. Some people say, "Oh no, I, I wouldn't do that. I'll just save the money to uh, my like, to the side
2: in a
0: shoebox."
1: Yeah, and it's like <laughs> and it's like what yeah. ten times the amount. So like, I, let's say that I just you had know, an argument with a
0: friend about that the yeah. other day because he's like, you know, I don't trust the banks, so I don't do this, that, and the third. But I'm like, you know, if something were to happen to you, like nobody's looking through a shoebox to find like money to take care of you. Like yeah. we don't people wouldn't know what to do.
1: Yeah, and even if if you're somebody out there that follows finances, you'll see that over eighty percent of the U.S. economy right now does not have a $1,000 to their name. So everybody that, that uh, thinks that, oh, yeah, I'm going to put money in a shoebox, the reality is the majority of us don't save money in, in the proper way. So that shoebox is going to have, what, $3,000 in it if you're lucky? And what is that really going to do for your family for that grieving time or as far as just trying to bury you? I mean, if you want to get cremated, that's going to cost a couple thousand dollars. If you want to have an actual funeral, that's going to cost even more. So just get the policy. It's super cheap. If you use it, fantastic. If you don't, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like there's so many other options out there. There's so many different things that you can do that you're not wasting your money on these products. And you're setting your family up for the long term, especially if you set it up the correct way from day one. So look at this scenario here. You have a child today. You purchased life insurance on this child, and you're going to pay on this policy only for 20 years. Now your child is 20 years old with a life insurance policy that's good for their kids or for their generations after that Mm -hmm. to where now – if they purchase a policy on themselves, it's just an added benefit. It's, there, there's nothing negative that comes out of that. All, it, all it's doing is leaving more money to the person that's coming after them. Wow. That And and that's generational wealth. There's so many times that I have customers that come in that are ridiculously wealthy, and they're purchasing life insurance policies not for them. They're, they're buying it on their kids, on their grandkids, because when it's paid off, now that kid doesn't have to worry about purchasing a small policy for like their funeral expenses they can just worry about purchasing a policy that covers their debt right then and there, and it's a game changer.
0: I, I I've I've seen it. My it's, mind <laughs> is really blown right now because like currently, like on social media and stuff like that, the one thing I see a lot of people talk about is generational wealth and how I'm trying to build generational wealth. I mean, and it's it's cool. Like I like the idea of it. I just think it's a little difficult to do. But it's it's insane because when you just mentioned how like a simple life insurance policy really does and could be generational wealth for you, like, it's like, it's foolproof almost. Because a lot of people will say it, and now I'm going to start challenging people when they're like, I'm going to build generational wealth. I'm going to say, how? And then if they don't say a life insurance insurance policy, I'm going to say, call Melvin. Man, I appreciate (laughs) that.
1: You have no idea. But it's just like one of those things that people don't realize how inexpensive it is. Um, Like, and that's number one, that they don't realize how cheap it is. But then they also think, you know what is this money going to be like? How how am I benefiting from it? So one of the other good things is most of the life insurance policies now have this thing called a living benefit rider okay. or a so like on what happens is let's say you're um you have this life insurance policy you took one out even if it's for like a small amount fifty thousand a hundred thousand and God forbid you have terminal illness that comes mm-hmm. up to where you only have six months to live you can take that money and use it for yourself up to a certain percentage. And live the life that you wanted to during that time.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, do like a little bucket list thing. Yeah, you can
1: yeah. actually do that, but most people don't think about that, that. They think that that money's only for the people that come after them. Right. It's like no, like if you unfortunately find out that you're sick, because most of us, like the reality is, we're we're probably gonna live till we're seventy, 80, 90 years old. Like medicine has changed, everything has changed. Mm-hmm. But if you do get sick, you can now do what you wanted to do without worrying about it. You can yeah. whether it's paying for your hospice, whether it's paying for like medical bills, everything like that. You can do that. And you can take a crazy vacation. You can do whatever you want because they're not asking you what you know with your money. Right, right, Like, you've been paying into this policy. They're going to just give it to you.
2: Okay.
0: You Maybe you should write a book because I'm like <laughs> – because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I have so many more questions. But, you know, like, I'm like, this is – like, the information I have is, like, is amazing. But it's it's so much stuff that I, I guess I just realized that I didn't know. Yeah. Or, like, I didn't really think much about. And, like, just listening to you talk about certain things, it's just like, damn, like, this is – it's just true. And that's true, too. And it's like it's very relatable as well.
1: Yeah. So that's one of the things that I can definitely say um, to kind of change it up a little bit um, by going to college. I know it's, it's an opportunity that some people think about. Should I do it? Should I not? Mm-hmm. For me, I was always very quiet and which like most people don't believe because, you know, I'm I was a campus DJ. Mm-hmm. I played baseball. I was in a frat. I was doing everything. I'm always out in the public. But outside of that I'm very much to myself. Mm-hmm. And it actually took for one of my older brothers to actually like sit down and talk to me and say, when you talk, people listen. Yeah. So if people are listening, find something good to talk about that can actually benefit everybody and just study it. And I said, okay, like what's going to be that thing? And for me, I feel as though it's the insurance field, you know, it's like the Da Alma leadership field. It's that one thing that most people don't think about, but if I can educate and change the way that it's like marketed to everybody, then that then maybe that's the place that I can make my biggest impact on absolutely everyone behind me because it is sad to say, but if if you had the life insurance policies set up the correct way, think about how much of financial stress the majority of people that are in your family have, mm-hmm. but all because of one person in the family had their policies set up correctly, and yes, it was an untimely thing that happened to where like they passed. It's
0: unfortunate, but yeah.
1: But everybody's now taken care of, like. Everything that they wanted to do, whether if it was open up a businesses or go to school, they can now have that opportunity, all because you decided to take on that responsibility and have a small life insurance policy.
0: So that could be like the rich uncle they talk about in the movies all the time. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, my rich uncle just died, and they left me all this money."
1: Yeah, but but like most people don't don't realize even a small policy that's good for fifty or a hundred thousand. That's a lot of money. It's
0: fifty or a hundred thousand people didn't have before.
1: Exactly. It's and like that's a lot of money, and I mean so. I always sit down with um like clients, and I want to try to figure out what is going to be in their budget. Of course, because like the reality is, some people are very very well off. Mm-hmm. Some people live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. But if you can set something up to where it's inside of their budget, something is definitely better than nothing.
0: That's true. Now, at this part of the show, I always ask my guests, like, what do they see happening next for them? One thing I do know that's happening next for you is that you're being inducted into the Lincoln University Hall of Fame for yeah. baseball. Oh, yeah. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Appreciate that. Um, Anything else coming up for you?
1: Um, So for me, it's just more so about uh, continuing to be a father. I have two little girls, so like leaving this legacy for them is, is huge. But it's going to be mainly just constantly putting out more and more content in a different way that helps gain customers and uh, potential clients, uh, attention. So as far as like what's next it's it's like really going to be just the continued uplift nonstop. It's going to be just everything, leadership, everything, insurance, showing everybody, here's how I'm doing it. Here's what, here's what you can do and being upfront and honest about it. There's like, if it's using numbers, if people want to know actual numbers, mm-hmm. I can give them actual numbers. If you want to know how to change your $30,000 a year, um, Salary uh, around and it's something like more beneficial i'm doing everything possible to get there
0: makes sense, okay, and then lastly, I just want to know like what your puzzle piece is, so basically, on every show, I ask like the guests like what is like your puzzle piece like what's that lasting moment or or that lasting like word or phrase that you want people to 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 hear or think about when they hear your interview um what would your puzzle piece be
1: My puzzle piece is going to be protection, so tying it back into um the fraternity and how I got the name on the Maybach, mm-hmm. my alias is the protector. So I've I've always been the person that figured out the ways to protect everybody that is there. Okay. So that's gonna be my puzzle piece is teaching people how to protect the things, whether it's the people or the belongings that matter most to them. And it's gonna be by
0: it's so funny because I wrote down uh fill the void because I feel like that's like what you've been doing like yeah. a lot. And I think even saying like the protector kind of falls into that as well. Like you, you're you you're taking care of other people and you're seeing that there's an opportunity and you're taking advantage of that opportunity to benefit other people and yourself.
1: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, everybody should have a team. I mean, that's one of the, of the of the key things. If you watch generations that they change from time to time to time, whether if you go back to the silent generation or the baby boomers to like generation X. There wasn't there like there was a team aspect back to the silent and like baby boomers, then it went away for um a generation next and they became very independent mm-hmm. now with the millennials and everyone coming up next, that team aspect is coming back so whether it's gonna be you having the podcast and me just coming in teaching my one portion that like that team is gonna become so strong because we all are in our one avenue and we're all coming together and just building it that way
0: um last thing I want to say before I let you go is that you said something that like. It really like sticks out to me a lot, too. And I think it's true when you said that when you speak, people like listen to it. And the reason I said that is because like, usually when I do these episodes, it's, it's for other people because I want people to listen to it and, and find something to benefit them. But I found so much in this that benefited me. Like This was, this was amazing.
1: I appreciate it. This is a great opportunity. I, mean, I work very hard on what I do, whether it's uh, going out and paying third parties to perfect my speaking or anything like that. I, I do everything that I possibly can. And I, I practice a lot. Yeah. So sitting at home, driving in the car, just talking it's, to myself. It shows though. Like
0: it's it's very like it's very evident. And I think when this comes out, like I think a lot of people listening to it would agree. Like I'm really excited to get like feedback on this as well.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. And also for everyone that, that is listening, um, if you have any questions in regards to your insurance, my Instagram is agent value. So just feel free to send me a DM, follow me. I always uh, try to post videos on there too. Just contact me. I'll gladly answer any questions that you have.
0: Well, there you have it. <laughs> uh, uh, so you took my thunder a little bit because usually I ask for the Instagram names and stuff like that. So it threw me off a little bit, but it's okay. So uh, just one more time, your Instagram for, for everybody.
1: Yeah, of course. My Instagram is Agent Value. A-G-E-N-T-V-A-L-U-E. Perfect.
0: Thank you. Melvin, thank you once again for stopping in today.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Industry Friends. I am the host, Dexter Stuckey. If you liked what you heard, do me a favor and rate the show. Subscribe to the show. Review the show. Repost the show. Please tell your friends about it. I really appreciate it. Industry Friends, your audio foot in the door.
2: Industry Friends.